We read about the martyrs for Christ in Revelation 6, verses 9 to 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. Welcome to Souls Under the Altar a program that reviews the stories of God's persecuted from the past and the present. Your host for this program is Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for tuning into the program again today. I'm delighted to have your company and I have a very special guest in the studio with me. A gentleman that works in Nigeria has been working in ministry for the Lord for about 30 years, but he had a change in ministry about 30 years ago. And I want to welcome Larry Jones to the studio. Welcome, Larry. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, wonderful to have you. Now, can you tell us just a little bit about your ministry? Perhaps not the earlier ministry so much. We only have about half an hour, but your ministry in the last 10 years and what you've been doing in Nigeria? Well, for the first 20 years, we were down in the south of the country, and mm. it, was, it was just great. We just loved it so much, but we wanted to relocate. So we, that's you and your family? Yes, my wife and five children. But we, okay. My wife and I, the children have grown up since, but my wife and I wanted to re- relocate to where missions was more needed um, mm. because of the, the great blessings that happened in the south. But yes. So we... After prayer, we felt that the Lord leading us to go to northern Nigeria. Okay. And so 2007, we started a new ministry up there with a team of people that we've known for many, many years mm. and worked with. Um, initially starting Bible school, we have an interdenominational Bible college with uh, about 400 students okay. in it. And um, so we started with that, and we also started planting some churches, mission stations, the outreach centers mm. in northern areas of Nigeria, schools for children. Uh, orphanages, we have two of those that are mainly victims from um, Boko Haram terrorism uh, vocational education for youth peacemaking okay. works, agriculture there's a lot different things happening with, yes. with the large team we work with there now Wow, okay, so it sounds like you've got many things on the go at the moment so when you went over there, uh, was it a, a dangerous work to enter in back in 2007? Well it was It's a, it, there's been many conflicts uh, over mm. the years in northern Nigeria particularly in the last 20 years or so and um, but uh, we we chose a location we thought would be safer, and okay. we draw our people in from other regions, train them, and send them back. Right. Uh, okay. First three years there, it was pretty safe, but after that, we you know, horrendous conflict broke out right right where we were situated. Is that right? And it's the first time I've really experienced, but uh, but we've experienced a lot of that since then. Mm. So is this conflict mainly political conflict, or is this actually religious? Uh, conflict or religious political conflict? Yeah, it's com- it's complex. It's tribal, okay. political, and religious. Oh, right. And um, and pretty well bad bad behaviour, basically. Is that know, right? Indisciplined, um, you know, way of looking at life. Yeah. Mm, wow. It's very cultural. Okay, mm. so you've set up sort of like a mission station of sorts. We draw people in, train them, mm. gospel work, Bible work, yeah. and then send them out yeah. to share the gospel. Yeah, they plant churches and things like that. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Mm. Yeah. How is Christianity uh, flourishing? Is it flourishing? Is it is it finding it uh, difficult there in that in that situation? No, well, it is difficult, of course, mm. uh, but it is flourishing. Uh, okay. there's, there's a lot of growth. Uh, 
uh, we, we have a lot of um, uh, freedom to preach the gospel from the point of view of being under a secular government and, okay. and so on. And, um, so, and there's a lot of response to, uh, to, to the gospel. People mm-hmm. are very keen to hear the gospel. And, and uh, so it's a, it's a really rewarding area to work in in that sense, the mm. growth that you see. But there's just horrendous conflict at the same time. Really? Okay, so w- uh, the, the conflict that you're experiencing at the moment, what's primarily driving that? Well, there's there's three. I've, we, we, I sort of look at it in three different areas. Yes. The first one we experienced in 2010, um, which uh, broke out in January 2010, and it, right where our Bible school is located, um, mm. was community dri- driven. And so it's it's sort of like a conflict between Muslim and Christian youth. Okay. And um, there's, there's a lot of hopelessness among the youth. You know, no jobs, no education, mm. no one really caring for them. There's a lot of anger and bitterness, and and this can. Um, you know, get ignited in 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 pretty violent ways at times, and yes. um, so we had hundreds of people being killed all around our Bible college, um, even on our site, mm. um, and hundreds of buildings being burnt down. And this was going on for quite some time, um, over a couple of months, maybe about a thousand people that we know of that would have been killed. Really? Yeah, during that time, and and we were under lockdown at, during part of this within our Bible college. Mm. Uh, with our students, um, but um, that that settled down, and then Boko Haram, the terrorist organisation, uh, started to grow and get strength at that, okay. um, after that. And and their first um, one of their first public announcements was to put our particular city where we're based uh, under a jihadic assault. That that was what they they announced publicly. Mm. And so for three years, um, our city was bombarded. Um, churches, you know, suicide bombings, uh, machine gun fire, rocket launch grenades. It was just this is a really heavy wow, assault. Wow, so you're city on the front lines, years, yeah. genuinely. And yeah. so not only you get the Boko Haram tax, but this would be the the purpose of them was to inspire retaliations within the Christian Muslim youth sort of community, okay. which, that would, which would spiral out of control. And they were even worse. Mm. Than the initial Boko Haram attacks originally, okay. but then we began to get victory over those and, and the, those retaliatory um, things started to stop, and then we started to win, really, in a sense, over Boko Haram in that area. Okay, so this was even the government starting to win and, and starting to push them back. Yes, the the government um, did with, um, uh, but uh, started to. It was, it was first couple of years they they were failing. Uh, the military were not properly equipped. Um, and then um, the terrorist organization was carving out a large caliphate that was looking very bad, like it was mm. going to take the country or, or a major part of it. Um, then the, the um, government started to get the military under control and, and um, in terms of equipping and so on. But I think one of the main issues that, that defeated terrorism within the country was that's important, but also that the Christian... And Muslim communities banded together. Really? So you get things where Muslims would protect churches um, mm. um, and so on um, from so being, from being that, attacked. Yeah, that's unusual. What brought that about? Well, one of the things that – well, from our uh, – we're just one ministry working there, of yeah. course. But um, 
the initial community attack that I described. Mm. Um, it just shook my attention that that I didn't have relationships with the. We, we had a rumor that hundreds of Muslims were coming to kill all of our Bible school students, in, yes. in, and I couldn't check if that was true because I didn't have the relationships. Mm. And um, so after these attacks died down, I called the Muslim leaders, imams and all sorts of uh, elders, uh, about 15 of them. There's a large Muslim community. Yes. They came to my office and I said to them, look, you know, we haven't followed Jesus. He told us to love our neighbor, to, to serve others, to reach out, to, you know, greet mm. others at the marketplace, you know, not just those you know and so on. And, yes. And we haven't done that. And they know the teachings of Jesus. And mm. we said, look, we want to serve your community and your youth and can we help maybe a computer center and... And so they were thrilled about this. And mm. we started a computer center right in the middle of the, uh, the Muslim community. One week after a suicide bombing of Boko Haram, very close. Yeah. And so they were taking the big risk because Boko Haram means that they're, uh, they're going to kill anyone involved in Western education. And they're right. siding with Christians to start Western education for their youth. Mm. It was a big public display. They wanted to block the streets and have a celebration of this computer center. I was okay. pretty scared about this. Yeah, thing. yeah, sure. But they, they were determined to go ahead. They said, we're fully against terrorism and mm. all of these. They were on the side so they the were Christians. opposing extremist Islam Ab- as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I believe that by far the majority of the Muslims in the country. Would, would be like that. And so mm. we started to build these relationships and work together. And then after some months, maybe about a year, Christians began to come along and start these relationships with the Muslims, invite one another back to their homes and friends and and become friends and share the gospel, whereas before they were never talking together. That's right. Okay, so, so they weren't this, the salt of the earth. They were only the salt of their own people, That's so right. Speak, so yeah? this has begun to flourish in okay. our, our regions now, these sorts of relationships. Wow. And uh, has that done anything to the spreading of the gospel now that there's connections to the other people? Oh, huge, huge amounts. Um, yeah. We, you know, we have a, a Haji who's in a, in a township next to us. That mm. uh, this is a Muslim elder that's been to Mecca and so on, and and th- this this township was under military lockdown because of the killings going on between Christians and Muslims there. Yes, very close to us. Um, and um, so we started another computer center there. They gave us a mosque, which is just huge. And the Al-Hajj is now coming to our home, taking our Christian books out and sharing them among all the Muslim communities. Is that right? We have Muslims coming in their hijabs to our Bible school office, sitting down and doing Bible studies with us. Mm. Um, so they feel at home and they say to us, look, you loved us just like we were one of your own. And so they feel very free to be around us. They don't feel as though we're... You know, got to yeah. got to hurt them in any way. Wow. Uh, they 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 trust us, and they really, they, and they say things often publicly, like we never knew what it meant to follow Christ until we met your people, mm. and uh, they talk about the power of the cross of Christ and you know, all really? of these things. These are main elders that yeah. are very quite well known in the country. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's had a, a a very big impact. One of our we have disciples. It's one of our ministries. These are converted Muslims. That are running for their lives for safety, and we we have a safe house for them, okay. where no one knows where they are, and we disciple them and we nurture them. And some of them are quite young and have issues, and you know, hmm. temperament issues. And one of them got angry at us and went and reported us to the head of all of the mosques in our area, big imam, and said he's coming back to Islam. And the, this head imam said, uh, "What are you running from? You know, what discipline at Christian at this this ministry that we mm. that we uh, have there? What what uh, what discipline are you running from?" He said, "You go back to that ministry, face do what they you know, face your correction, and complete your discipleship program with them." 
Really? And so the guy was just shocked. You know, he expected to be welcomed as a hero, for, but the elders sent him back to a Christian ministry mm. to finish his discipleship. So, you know, we've had a lot of interactions like this now where, where Muslim elders have stood up and defended us and our right to train Christian converts. Okay. And, and even called us to arrest Muslim vagabonds, you know, violent people, and, which is just unheard of things. Uh, which that, we, that is unheard of. Which we won't do. We said, no, we won't arrest them. We want to help. Mm-hmm. Your people, so, so uh, I mean, in the community where you are, obviously there's a good working relationship and an openness to hear the gospel. Yes, I guess that is not the case in every other area. Mm. Is there still violence between Christian and Muslim youth uh, in the areas where you are? Um, yes, uh, well, yes, there are. Like um, recently, we and this is the third aspect. We had community violence, and we had Boko Haram, okay. which is. And then we've got this Fulani um, conflict with you know, their nomadic cattle herders. And, okay. and you've got farms, that, uh, the, the local farming populations, and there's this conflict over land and, mm. and, and um, you know, entitlement and so on. Right. And it's uh, a lot of killings and a lot of violence there. Um, and just last week, there are about maybe you know, two, three, four hundred people killed, um, ambushed. Last week? Yes, um, not far from where we are. My oh. wife is there at the moment. It was just the day that I was leaving to come out here for this, this program we have this weekend here. Yes. And so I was on my way to the airport where this happened. I didn't know about it. Um, otherwise, I probably wouldn't have been able to have come mm. um, just leave because I left my wife there. But, yes. um, and then as a retaliation... Um, for that, um, Christians were lining. We're just on the road, just um, you know, stopping cars um, near where our Bible school is and dragging Muslims out of their cars and killing them. Really? Um, and so you know, the, the, they're not Fulani Muslims. They had nothing to do with this attack. It's just random. Mm. Um, but then, when the Muslim elders, that they gathered all of their youth and and told them, don't retaliate against this. You know, you're not to kill anyone, and we we have these relationships with the Muslim elders, and we're and, talking and to them all at this time. And that is incredible. So yeah. they did that simply because of the relationships you've been able to establish with them for a, for a number of years now. Yes, because when these things happen now, we're all there was a Fulani attack um, a couple of months ago in another mm. region, and the, these things can spread because of the anger and so on. And so we were looking for a Muslim elder yes. in our community, and we couldn't find him. And eventually, we found him in one of our computer centres. He had gathered all the youth there, Christian and Muslim, and was lecturing them about peace. Wow! And you know, no, you know, no fighting, no mm. killing, you know, and or, and and so a lot of our peace uh, talks that we have them now in high schools. We go into high schools and have have peace clubs where we bring Christian and 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 Muslim uh, high school students together. They used to just be totally separate, you know, learning they how to no interaction hate, with hate one another. One another. Yes. They were taught how to hate one another. Now they're coming together and they're learning priest principles. It's all Sermon on the Mount material. It's all the teachings okay. of Jesus. Yes. So the teachings of Jesus have become, for me, in the last, say, seven years, it becomes central mm. to my understanding of the gospel. And wow. Because we're going through the same things that Jews and Samaritans went through, that Jesus walked through Samaria. He you know, he engaged all of these okay. different people. So the separation between the Jews and the Samaritans is pretty much the separation between Christians and the Muslims, so to speak. Yeah, and, and it was drawing previous. Jerusalem into a sort of a, you know, a whole, a whole terrible thing of hatred and bitterness, and mm. rather than serving and helping one another, and eventually it led to the destruction of Jerusalem. And yeah. was, so, um, what's behind the mindset for some of these Christian young people then, who are attacking other Muslims? 
I mean, if they receive the gospel, what's motivating them to do that? Because obviously there's there's violence on both both sides. Yeah. What's driving that? Well, there's a lot of things there, and I think that there, um, it's 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 a, a, a cultural thing. Uh, okay. That's got, that's, you know, no matter the religion, it's sort mm. of um, there. But um, also, um, there's uh, a lot of I think a lot of people have been drawn to the church through it's very individualistic gospel, a prosperity gospel. Okay. It's just about me and, and, and my aspirations and my ambitions and all mm. these things are promised. You know, if they will come to the church, because there's a lot of poverty and, okay. and and a lot of distress, and so it's, this this is very so, appealing. So the prosperity gospel would be very attractive to very, them. Yeah. They come to the Lord for everything that's in it for them, and it's totally individualistic. So the concept of the even African concept of building community has been lost. Oh, really? There's this sort of individualism that's coming in and Christianity. This is, more this about is, this that. is not the gospel. That's a false gospel. It isn't is. It, it is. Um, but um, you know, a lot of our teaching in Bible schools has been very individualistic based. You know, it's mm. my faith, my repentance, which is all important. Sure. But the community aspect of what Paul's teaching, you know, through Romans about us all coming to one table and mm. loving one another, it's just not. It's it's not, it's not fundamental there. really to to our message. And so, how to repair community, reach out into community. Instead, there's become a separation and the seg- segregation. Hmm. Um, but, yeah. And these uh, Muslim leaders are able to differentiate between that mindset and mm. the mindset which you're teaching, which is the Sermon on the Mount teaching of Jesus. Absolutely. Um, we, um, one, another one of our disciples um, reported us once and to the military and to the police. And, um, and so he summoned three of our leaders up to the head of the police um, to answer charges, you know, for torturing Muslims and these false these false okay. accusations yeah. that this um, man brought against us. When, when our leaders got to the head of police office, he, they, he found three Muslim elders there, head of the mosque, head of a large Islamic organization, a Muslim barrister. Mm. Already this, this trial against our ministry was already started, and these three Muslim elders were pounding the table and shouting for one hour about all the good deeds of our ministry. Really, and at the end of it, they said, "Look, there's freedom of religion. These people have every right to convert to Christ. This Christian ministry has every right to train them. They should be encouraged and not hindered." Our leaders couldn't believe what they were hearing, and then these Muslim elders said, "Arrest these Muslim youth that tried to burn down your Bible school," mm. which is you're not allowed to do that. Muslims can't tell Christians to do that. Yes, to arrest Muslims. But and our leaders then spoke for the first time and said, "Look, these youth here." No one loves them. The government doesn't. The Christians don't. You, their own elders, don't. You know, they need help. Yes. They got no jobs or education. They need mentors, fathers. We want to help these people, not arrest them. Mm-hmm. We want to help your youth. And these Muslim elders just shook their heads and said, What type of people are you? And they said, Well, this is the cross. That through the cross, God is reconciling us to Himself. And He's telling us to share this reconciliation. The Ministry of Reconciliation. With our neighbors, yes. with others, to share what God's heart is for us, to share that with others as well. Mm. And they said, we never knew that the cross was about this. Really? Yeah. And so you go to the marketplaces, we've had reports, and you listen to people speaking in their native language, they're talking about the ministry. And mm. they're saying that this is a different sort of Christianity. There isn't the political antagonism, but there's the more, militant Christianity. You know, which, okay, we, we called a Muslim to my office that, that his his business had burnt down by Christians, and and he was an imam, a mosque mm. leader, and he couldn't fend, he couldn't feed himself, and he's been he's losing all this respect in his community. And I said to him, look, you know, we feel for you. You're losing respect. We want to help yes. you rebuild your business. We gave him some money and said, go and buy some restock your office and so on. And the guy just 
tears. He got this big beard. You know, I'm not used to this where I grew up. <laughs> tears started rolling down his eyes like a river. Mm. And he said, no one has ever loved me like this before. Mm. And, and so when they know we're standing for the community, yes. that, that hostility between religions begins to decline. Mm. And they don't feel Christianity is a threat to them anymore. That is incredible. It reminds me of a text in the Bible where it says that, you know, if your way pleases the Lord, that God will even have your enemies to be at peace with you. Yes. And it sounds like that's what you guys are experiencing because you're sharing the love of Christ and also that together this, that ministry of reconciliation. Yes. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Yes. It doesn't say only those who are Christian or those. That, that includes everybody, doesn't yes. it? And we can, we can show that gospel by doing it. Mm. You know, can live it, and so like Peter said, that when when people ask you, what's the reason for the hope? In, and so in Peter, he was telling telling them these people, Christians, be be willing to suffer, follow Jesus, you know, and and you know, love your neighbor. And when they ask you, so this reconciliation has to be lived out. And then they say, why are you living this? Why are you treating us like that? And then our preaching becomes the answer to that question. Mm. And you're saying there are many people who are accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior and, and accepting the cross, the, the, the message of the cross. Absolutely, because, you know, when you know, it's just that Jesus is the, is the only one that it's sort of centers this, the, the love of God. It's all in him. He's the only one that, that, that all this points to him. And so mm. you're, by loving our neighbor, you're bringing Jesus right into the center. Okay. Of our relationships yes. and pointing to him by the things that we're doing for others. Yeah, that's beautiful. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen on the news from time to time that, uh, you know, some of these groups have come in and they've taken young people, yes. la- girls, and they've just, you know, Boko Haram's taken them away and there could be 100 or 200 or even yes. more taken away. Yes. And uh, then they force them to convert to Islam. And once they convert it, sometimes they release them, sometimes they don't. Is, is this something that's happened fairly commonly over the, uh, the it last has. few It years? happens a lot. A, a couple uh, of occasions. A yeah, a couple okay. of occasions it it's hit the, hits the media. Hmm. But it's an ongoing thing. And they're, they're mostly Muslims. It happens a lot in Muslim areas okay. of the country. Uh, the girls and so on, they're, they're a mixture. Sometimes they're Christians. Um, and, you know, to be taken as brides or, or different things like that. Um, mm. Also, many of the males have been taken, young ones, to be forced into and to become terrorists. Right. And so a lot of them are just are not are not willing. They don't want to be involved. Uh, but that's decreased a lot in, in the last okay. couple of years. But it's, it still will happen on, on occasions. Mm. So if you had to look at the things that threaten your ministry and the things there, what are the biggest threats there at the moment? Uh, well, the, the conflict there at the moment, I think, between the um, the Fulani uh, cattle herders and okay. the and the the Christian farmers, the uh, the more indigenous. Well, Fulani been there for a long time too, right? Um, but you know, and so you know, we we have cattle on farms, you know, in other countries, but but they've it it's got very difficult. Mm. They don't have enough room. The far, the farms are growing. Um, the crops, you know, the population's growing, and and so there's competition now. Yeah, they're making more land necessary, yeah, but where the, the cattle yeah. are going to feed, and and there's a lot of brutality. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. But people who know you and know your ministry now, because obviously you're building up a, a good reputation, mm. you know, as as peace loving mm. Christians, mm. people are able to see the difference between your uh, religious beliefs as a Christian and your gospel versus the, I guess, the prosperity gospel yes. and the, the militant attitude that are yes. seen among some of the, the, the younger Christians? Yes, because we haven't come in with a sort of, we don't have sides in the sense that we're with this tribe or this, yeah. uh, this, this political side and so on. We said, no, we just want to 
follow Jesus, mm. and, and he we, and he's about neighbor. So we, it's just about the neighbor, and whoever that neighbor is. And so we've got a, a, a Muslim Fulani uh, settlement right on one side of our land, uh, where we have about thirty acres of land. We've got a Christian um, farming community right on the other side, and we've brought the, the two leading elders of both of these communities together on an agricultural co-op. The Fulani leader and the Christian leader. Okay. Um, and so we have an agriculture co-op. We have uh, tractors and we farm. We help farming for widows, and there be Muslim widows as well as Christian widows because they've both lost their their husbands. So you in help these people conflicts. indiscriminately. Yes. Mm. And um, and so they're literally beating their swords into into agriculture. They're serving. They were killing each other a couple of years ago. Now they're serving on an agricultural committee together. And when all this conflict broke out a few days ago, mm. this these two centres used to be the the centre of this conflict. There was no com- no killing in in that, these. That is incredible. Nothing at all in these um, two where where our land is situated, mm. um, because of these relationships that that have been built up. Wow. Yeah. So um, your your ministry is is connected with Voice of the Martyrs. What kind of work is Voice of the Martyrs doing? Oh, a lot. Um, they st- they I think initially was. Um, they supported some of our students. We, we had the Bible school students. We have people there that are converts from Boko Haram. Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of terrorist backgrounds. Um, a lot of persecuted people there. Um, so they started helping with that. Um, a lot of those um, students. Also, we have children that um, orphanages that are. Uh, victims of Boko Haram that lost their parents and, mm. and we've gathered them together to help give them education, to give them a home and so on. And um, they've helped with that. We've also have disciples that, um, that these are Muslim converts that are hiding with us um, for safety. Oh, really? From different, they they from are... diff- different areas, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and they run and they get brought to us through a network of pastors and missions agencies that we know. So in some communities... It's uh, safe enough to convert from Islam to Christianity, but mm. in some communities it's not. So your life yes. is at stake. You could be killed yes. because of that. Yes. And you, you've got a safe house that you run yes. for them. Yes, a, a number of people have operate safe houses like this. We have good friends at Nigeria who do this as well. Okay. Um, and people come there for different reasons. Um, they're... Um, some um, you know males that are running from they're expected to to be Muslims and so on and and when they convert they're they're in trouble. Mm. Others are females that um, you know are forced into marriages uh, with with Muslims at young ages and so on and and they they, they have wow. come to Christ and and so their lives are in danger. Um, yeah, and so Voice of the Martyrs helped us to support those as well um, on our site where we we have there and. Um, they've helped us with our vocational because centers. Mm. So we teach vocational skills, a lot of different skills, um, uh, mechanics, building, um, sewing, computers. And, um, and so this helps these, vocation, these disciples go out with skills to be able to go back into their community, spread the gospel, and, and make jobs for themselves. So okay, they can, jobs for themselves, help the community. At yeah. the same time, they could, they'd be self-supporting while they're sharing the gospel yeah. with others. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're doing a, a great work there, and it sounds like you've got a Thank lot you. on. And your school, you said about 400? Is it about 400? Bible school students, yes. They're, they're just the Bible school students, the disciples, and these other groups. Are, it's uh, far bigger than uh, that. different to that, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Larry, I want to thank you for coming in and sharing uh, your testimony regarding the work that you're doing there and just explaining some of the complexity because there's multiple layers to the challenges that the 
people are facing in Nigeria. So there is violence from Islam on Christianity, but there's also reciprocal violence for those who have received another gospel, who do not follow the ways of Jesus and 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 try and follow, I guess, something, what's in it for them, because it's such an attractive gospel when you are impoverished. But thank you for explaining it. I think you've made it very clear. I feel at least that I understand it. And dear listener, we pray that you understand it a little bit better as well and that you will keep these people in prayer. And also, if you want to know more information, you're welcome to go to the Voice of the Martyrs website and you'll find a lot more information there and even ways to support them. So may God bless you until we meet again next time. for joining us on Souls Under the Altar. If you'd like more information about today's program or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you.